Um, when I was a little boy, I uh, was, I loved baseball and, and wanted, wanted to play baseball. And so anyway, my, my mom at the time knew, knew that and said, hey, you guys, support him. So she got me signed up on a, on a, in a league. And uh, Alan, it was like a farm league, right? Before Little League, so I'm a little guy. Of course, being the extremely tall, large man that I am, I happen to be the you know, smallest little guy on the team. So I'm little, I'm scared, I'm weak. I've never played on a team sport like this in baseball. So I play a few games, I'm doing the practices, I'm struggling. And by the way, that's just a picture to give you the idea. We didn't have helmets back then. You just had people, you know, we had the face mat or the, uh, this little hat deal. So anyway... Um, I am so scared. I, I go to bat, okay? And I'm, Paul, I think my knees are probably shaking, all right? I'm so scared. And I'm just a little guy. And there's a guy in the pitcher's mound. He looked like you, Justin Rad, this giant of a kid, you know, 10 year old kid. And his, the coach was standing behind the pitcher. And I, and, you know, he pitches, he throws a pitch, strike, completely miss it. And then the, the coach said to the pitcher, let him hit it. And I heard it. Okay. And the pitcher nods. And then he just kind of, here you go, Joe. He just kind of lobs it nice and gentle. And guess what I did? I hit it. <laughs> I hit the ball. And, and I, I felt what that felt like. The pop, the crack, when I hit it. And then I'm in shock. Oh. <gasps> And then it's like, oh, you're supposed to run at that point. So I dropped the bat and da, 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 I'm running as hard as I can to first, to first base. They throw me out. And, but when I walked to the dugout, I was smiling because it hit the ball. Why did it hit the ball? Because a coach looked and saw a little fella scared to death, knees knocking, who needed the experience of hitting the ball. And I smile when I walk back. I've never forgotten that memory. You know, we can do things that really encourage people, can't we? That's going to tie into the teaching. So, all right, I want to pray because we're going to dig into Genesis 31. Abba, Father, thank you for the way you show grace. Thank you for everybody that's here and those online. And uh, Lord, I'm so grateful that you have promised that life is in your word and you, we, we can have the abundant life that you give us. Please, right now, give us a sensitive heart to you. And to listen, please. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, quick intro. Things are getting intense between Jacob and Laban. Here it goes. Um, now, Jacob heard the words of Laban's sons, saying, Jacob has taken all that was our father's, and from what belonged to our father, he has made all this wealth. And Jacob saw the attitude of Laban, and behold, it was not friendly toward him as it had been before. Then the Lord said to Jacob, return to the land of your fathers and to your relatives, and I will be with you. So Jacob sent word and called Rachel and Leah to his flock in the field. And he said to them, I see your father's attitude, that it is not friendly toward me as it was before, but the God of my father has been with me. You know that I have served your father with all my strength, 
Yet your father has cheated me and changed my wages ten times. However, God did not allow him to do me harm. If he said this, the speckled shall be your wages, then all the flock delivered speckled. And if he said this, the striped sheep shall be your wages, then all the flock delivered striped. But if God has taken away your father's livestock and given them to me. And it came about at the time when the flock was breeding that I raised my eyes and I saw in a dream and behold, the male goats that were mating were striped and speckled and mottled. Then the angel of God said to me in the dream, Jacob. And I said, here I am. He said, now raise your eyes and see that all the male goats that are mating are striped, speckled, or mottled. For I have seen everything that Laban has been doing to you. I am the God of Bethel, where you anointed a memorial stone, where you made a vow to me. Now arise, leave this land, and return to the land of your birth. Rachel and Leah said to him, Do we still have any share or inheritance in our father's house? Are we not regarded by him as foreigners? For he has sold us, and he also entirely consumed our purchase price. Surely all the wealth which God has taken away from our father belongs to us and our children. Now then, do whatever God has told you. Then Jacob stood up and put his children and his wife on camels. And he drove away all his livestock and all his property, which he had acquired. The livestock he possessed, which he had acquired in Padan Aram, to go to the land of Canaan to his father Isaac. Laban had gone to shear his flock, and Rachel stole the household idols that were her father's. And Jacob deceived Laban, the Aramean, by not telling him that he was fleeing. So he fled with all that he had, and he got up and crossed the Euphrates River and set out for the hill country of Gilead. Wow. Intense story. Here we go. Let's walk through this. And Christchurch, I need you to own this with me. There's so much here. Laban's sons spread rumors and lies about Jacob. Do you know what the dinner table conversation we have as parents, our children soak up? The conversations we have as parents, our children soak up. So if our children hear how horrible a person is, you know what they're going to do? They're going to absorb that. And just like children... Children will always exaggerate the perspective of their parents. It's so common. So Laban's sons are saying, this Jacob guy's stealing everything. It's amazing. Deceivers and troublemakers are really skilled at distorting facts and reporting lies. Troublemakers are good at distorting facts and reporting lies. And then the text says that Laban had an attitude problem. I think Laban's jealous. I think the honor 
and the wealth because it's an agricultural world. It's a farming community. The livestock is everything. That's your bank account. Jacob's bank account's getting bigger and bigger and bigger and his is getting smaller and he blames Jacob for it. This is why God led Jacob to say to him, hey, my honesty will answer for me later. This is the later. (laughs) This is the reason why Jacob said, I better tell the truth now because trouble is coming. And he saw that. By the way, deceivers and cheaters are usually repeat offenders. According to Genesis 31.7, Laban changed his wages 10 times. Wow. Laban is really trying to get the upper hand on Jacob. Matthew 6.13 says, Lord, lead us not into temptation, deliver us from evil. 1 John 5.18, the evil one is not allowed to touch us. There's a protection that God gives. Jacob said, God did not allow him to do me harm. When you're in the will of God, it's a safe place. When you're in the will of God, it's a safe place. Look at number four. Genesis 31.3. It says this. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm clicking too fast here. Here we go. Uh, Genesis 31.3. The Lord said to Jacob, return to the land of your fathers and your relatives and I'll be with you. Um, Can I just say something really simple? God wants to talk to you. God wants you to hear his voice. He wants you to hear him. I think God wants a relationship with us more than we want with him. He speaks to us, but we've got to be careful to listen. My sheep listen to my voice and I know them and they follow me. Love Deuteronomy 31. Be strong and be courageous. Do not be afraid or dread them. For the Lord your God is the one who is going with you. And he will not desert you or abandon you. God promised Jacob, I'm going to be with you. I think that's beautiful. Look at uh, this next one. Men, I think we need to learn to say, here am I with God. Genesis 31, 11. The angel of God spoke to me in a dream and said, Jacob. And he said, here am I. Here am I. There's lots of examples of that in the Old Testament. I just want to make a comment. It's a pretty curious thing that we can demand our children respect us and respond and answer us to our demands immediately. It's like, hey, I'm talking to you, young man. Look at me when I'm talking to you. I want an answer. And, and we put that kind of pressure on our kids. <gasps> you go, okay, uh, mom, dad, yes. You know, we got to answer. And if we don't answer, whoa. The wrath of mom, the wrath of dad is going to come down hard on us. We can demand that kind of immediate response. But you know, sometimes we as adults, it's fascinating. We can make up all manner of excuses. When God talks to us, just kind of ignore it, kind of dismiss it, not take it seriously. And yet we can, we can demand the most serious respect from our kids. But when it comes to God, we're like, eh, what if? So, men, particularly for you, what is in your heart toward God? If God spoke to you, would you say, here I am, or would you say something else? There's some scriptures that show you places where, where people whose heart was turned to God said, here I am. I love that. Um, six, notice the introduction of a Passover story. I see a Passover Exodus story here, Patch. It says, God's talking to Jacob, and God says, hey, look, I've seen the whole thing. I know how Laban is abusing you. I get the suffering. I see it. I want you to get out of there. Does that sound like Israel and Egypt? I think it does. 
I think this is a little introduction to a Passover Exodus story that will be coming real soon. Look at this. The Lord is the God of Bethel. I am the God of Bethel in Hebrew, Bethel, which literally means house of God. That's what it means. He said, listen, I'm the God who has a house. And can I just say the obvious thing that when the Lord tells us to go to his house, we go. <laughs> we go. I love Luke 2, 49. Mary and Joseph have been frantically trying to find the little boy Jesus. They find him and they're asking him about it. And he goes, look, why is it that you were looking for me? Did you not know that it had to be in my father's house? Didn't you know that I'm about my father's house, Bethel? John 2, I love, I love this. Jesus is cleansing the temple. And he says, take away these things from here. Stop making my father's house a place of business. Hebrews 10. By the way, when you read the letter of Hebrews, you have to appreciate this is a church that's under a lot of persecution. It's hard to be a Christian when the letter of Hebrews is written. So the Hebrew writer says, let's hold firmly to the confession of our hope without wavering. For he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how to encourage one another in love and good deeds, not abandoning our own meeting together, as is the habit of some people, but encouraging one another. And all the more as you see the day drawing near, there is something special. There's something that cannot be replaced when Christians meet together. Can't replace it. There's not an alternative to that. We can't neglect going to God's house. Um, Man, I think the Lord expects, expects us to keep our vows. God said to Jacob, you anointed a rock there because I, you encountered me and it was special. And you made a vow to me. We're to be men. And of course, ladies, ladies, we're to be the people who keep our vows. Like things like, Lord, I give you my heart. You may have prayed that. Lord, I, I will follow you. You prayed that. We need to follow our words and our commitments to the Lord. Um, ladies, this is a big deal. You can make your husband stand up. You can make your husband sit down. It says that when, when Jacob is confronted with the fact that Laban's coming for him with a band of men, he knows he's got to run. And so he talks to his wives about it. And they say, hey, look, surely all the wealth which God has taken away from our father belongs to us and our children. So then do this now. Do whatever God has told you. Ladies, that is one of the most important things you can say to your husband. That's one of the most important things you can say to a Christian. Do whatever God tells you to do. Okay. John 2, 5, the greatest counsel ever given in the Bible. Dan, there it is. The greatest counsel right there. Mary says it to the servants. Whatever he tells you, do it. <laughs> How's that? Counseling session in two seconds. There it is. Ephesians four twenty nine. let no unwholesome word come out of your mouth. But if there's any good word for edification according to the need of the moment, say that so that it will give grace to those who hear. We can say stuff that builds up or tears down. First Peter 3, ladies, in the same way you wives, be subject to your own husbands so that even if any of them are disobedient to the word, they may be won over without a word by the, by the behavior of their wives. So important. Hey, men, can your wife see you listening to God, 
by reading his word and praying in his son's name. I think the reason why Leah and Jacob were able to tell uh, uh, Rachel and Leah were able to tell Jacob, do whatever God tells you is because they knew Jacob heard from God. Husbands, if your wives never hear you or see you or witness you talking with God, there's a problem there. There's a problem. I think our wives know when we seek God and I think our wives know when we don't. And ladies, of course, that's, that's for you too. Of course. All right, number 10. Rebecca struggles with idolatry. Interesting. When Laban had gone to shoot his flock, Rachel stole the household gods that were her father's. Okay, ready, pop quiz. Here we go. Why? Why did Rachel steal the household idols? What do you think? Why? What's that? Superstitious. Superstitious, kind of a mandrake thing. I'm going to say absolutely. Chris? Yes. Do you think that, so we talked a couple weeks ago about how in all likelihood Jacob was bitter towards Laban. Very much so. Could that not be the same for Rachel? I mean, she waited 14 years for this joke. It's like maybe she's got some bitterness towards dad too. It's like this is his job. This is everything to him. Yeah. And it's like I'm going to stick it to him. Yeah, I think I think you got a little revenge going on, and and yeah, they're they're throwing punches on both sides. I I think you're right. Yeah. Anything else on why she stole the household idols? Value too. Having to work money. Yeah. Yeah. I think so. Let me offer this. Number one, Rachel is a product of her own pagan religious culture. Do you understand that? Rachel's not a Christian. Okay. She's not like you and I think of a New Testament Christian. She is caught up in a very pagan culture that doesn't worship the God who created the heavens and the earth. The true God, Yahweh. She's she's learning about it. She's hearing some of it from Jacob. But I think she's a product of a religious culture. And I think she lived in fear. I think, Matt, you said that and some others. I think she's living in fear. And by taking the idols, she she thinks she's taking power and protection away from her dad. Yeah, I think she's she's trying to take religious power away from her dad and, and take it to herself. Hey Chris, that's interesting considering uh, what we just talked about right before, where the wives said, whatever God tells you to do. <laughs> so which gods does she want him to follow? Okay, Michael, now you're getting at something, and that's why the Psalms, and there's a lot of scripture that says about the Lord... I am the God above all gods. I am the true Lord. And that whole, the whole tension of this, Michael, is that we've got to make a choice. What God are we going to serve? Right? The true God? The, the Father of the Lord Jesus Christ? The creator of heaven and earth? Or we're going to worship the gods of our culture? Whatever, whatever they might be. So why did she steal the household idols? Okay, she's a product of a religious culture. How about this? She had an idolatrous heart. She was an idol worshiper. She's addicted to that religion. Idol worshiper. What about this one? This, this hurts. Jacob failed to be the spiritual leader of his home. In fact, it's possible, Branson, uh, that Jacob and Rachel were married at least maybe 10 to 15 years at this time. Now, the way I read the text, by the way, he didn't have to wait 14 years to get Rachel. 
Seven years waiting period, Laban deceives him. He gets Leah. There's a big argument one week later. It says one week later he gets Rachel. A week later. But another seven years of work. Does work for 14 years, but he had to wait, to wait seven years in one week to get <coughs> Rachel. He's been married to her for a long time. Did they not talk about the true God? Was Jacob not the spiritual leader? Or was he kind of playing, playing along with lots of gods too? Is he struggling to figure out his faith? You can see these other texts in Scripture about men being spiritual leaders. Here's a key question. Men, it's hard to follow someone who isn't leading. Do you understand that? If you feel like your wife maybe doesn't follow your leadership, a hard question is, well, maybe that's because you're not leading. What is a leader? It's the one who is first to set the right example. That's a leader. It's not the person with a super charismatic personality. It's not the person with the greatest skill sets or the most finely honed abilities and talents and person. It's not that. The leader is the one who's first to set the example. The person that follows that example, now that's called influence. That's cool. Yes, Carrie. Absolutely. I, I think you're onto something. She was raised in that. Is it hard for you to let go of some of your childhood stuff? Is it hard? Maybe it was hard for her too. Okay, so here's, here's a summary of the ten things there. Uh, now, I, wanted, I want to open it up to you. I, I want you to, let's own this. And those online on Facebook or on our app, if you're on the app, you've got to text Stephen so that we can hear from you. If you're on Facebook, obviously Stephen can see it. So... If you've got questions, I want you to ask the questions. This is critical stuff. These are, this is a story that we can pull into our world today, and it makes a difference. Just like I learned when I heard a coach say, let him hit it. It made a difference in my life. He gave me a little start. Now, do I have the integrity of saying, well, I got up at bat, and it was one of the best picture, pictures that ever was? And he gave me his best shot, but you know what? I was better than him. And I kept my eye on the ball, and I hit it so hard, it sailed. In fact, it's still flying in outer space right now as I speak. Do I have that kind of a glory story? No. (laughs) I heard the coach say, let him hit it. It's okay. It's okay to give people a start. Have I learned to hit the baseball all by myself? Sure. Sure. But I had to get a start. Stories matter. They have power. They have wisdom. This story, you know, don't be surprised if people say evil things about, does it sound like Matthew 5.11? Blessed are those who are persecuted, men who lie about you and spread rumors about you on account of me. This is nothing new. People are going to spread rumors, distort facts, report lies. going to hurt us. People are going to be jealous of us. Boy, we, we need to be people whose honesty can answer for us later, right? Hey, deceivers are repeat offenders, you know. Laban changed his wages ten times. 
God sees our suffering. Can I say that God sees our suffering? I know sometimes we feel pretty lonely in suffering. I know that. It's really common to feel lonely in suffering. God sees. God is the God who gives a way of escape. But we've got to learn to say, Lord, here I am. We are in God's house. And by the way, when I'm in God's house with you, I'm happy. The Lord wants us to keep our word. That goes back to the honesty answers for our stuff later. People, you know, you can, you can say something that would make a man stand up and act like a man. Or you can cut the legs out from under him and you can make him sit down in cowardice and shame. And if you remember the text, the lady said, hey, Jacob... Do whatever God tells you to do. Do that. And then it says, Jacob stood up. Right then. When you say something like that, pop. A man can stand up. But if you say to a man, you're an idiot. Why should I follow you? (laughs) You don't know nothing. Or whatever harsh words you can say to cut somebody down. If that happens, do you think that man wants to stand up and beat his chest? No. He's want to sit in shame and cover his face. Ladies, what if you said to your husband, it's okay if you get some help. It's okay. Husbands, you say to your wives, it's okay. You can help your wife stand with courage and integrity too. Household idols. Wow, do we have any household idols today? What do you think? All right, you're the body of Christ. I want to be quiet. This is going to be exciting. Please take ownership. How do we pull this into our world today so that we're living this out and we really do know and do the will of God? What do you say? What do you say, church? Social media, politics. Social media, politics, yeah. Quick comment about politics. Maddie, thank you for saying that. Um, Sometimes we think, you know, we say, God, God's in control. God's on the throne. God's the great God. You know, and he's powerful and all those things until we talk about politics. <laughs> oh, it's out of control. The world's falling apart. <laughs> you know, but, but when we talk about, oh, you know, but he is Lord. He is so Lord. He's got this. Until we talk about, <laughs> you know. Yeah, we can make an, an idol out of our fears. <coughs> we sure can. What else? How does this story apply to us today? I was thinking about Laban. A lot of times when you're walking with God, you do your best to be obedient. You hear understand who God is, they can get jealous. It's like if you give them favor or things seemingly always work out for you, you kind of put a target on your back. And so a lot of times it's hard because they think you're, like when you say stuff, it's like you're really trying to give God credit, but they'd be like, oh, it's just like sometimes it's like you can't, I don't know how to say it, you can't, um, it's like no matter what you say or do, it's going to be the wrong thing. Yes, yes. Because yeah. they don't want to hear you give credit to God, but that's the truth. Yeah. But they don't want to acknowledge that God could be doing this, but they're just like, oh, no, no. It's just it's a constant. So yes. she's like, he didn't realize he, Laban was fighting God. 
Yes, you want. Every time, okay, I'm gonna change your wages. So I'll, I'll fix you, and then okay, God's like, okay, but I'm still God. And so a lot of times things happen to us, and you know we don't fight our battles. Sometimes we're not a rug, but we try to be, you know, balanced, do things with the spirit of Christ. So a lot of times things they don't understand how we can stay calm or why we didn't retaliate, why didn't we do certain things, and so a lot of times people do get jealous. Mm. Yes, not everybody's going to see our faith, huh? Not every. That's good, Greg. Thank you. Someone else? Yeah, Carrie. I think children Yeah, yeah. That's good. That's really good, Carrie. Yeah. Like your sole purpose in life is to make your kids happy. <laughs> How's that working out for you? <laughs> Woo! Yeah, Michael. Uh, I just wanted to take a minute to. Embarrass my wife. Well, at least I'm warning her. Usually she just gets embarrassed. Remember, stand up and pride, <laughs> sit down in shame. Um, it's really amazing how much this applies to what's going on with us right now. Not a whole lot of people in here know, but I'll be losing my job in a couple of months. Uh, but it's a choice. But to have my wife stand behind me wow. is I have to make these decisions that affect my family, affect our future, affect income, all those types of things. I I mean, there's, I don't even know, I can't even put it into words how amazing it is to be able to have somebody that sits there and says, whatever God's telling you to do, do. Wow. Thank you, Michael. That's a big deal. She turned red. <laughs> So, Angela, you want to come sing a special music and do the thing for us? Okay. Yeah. Uh, Angela, that's, that's a big deal. You're helping him stand up like a man. That's good. Someone else. Why does this matter? That is so good. Yeah, that's so good. That's so good. Thank you, Michelle. Um, in in a way, there's two kinds of there's two kinds of people who say they follow Jesus. The one who genuinely wants to follow Jesus with all their heart, and it's a beautiful thing. And then the other one, the one who actually follows Jesus with all their heart. <laughs> They're two very different people, by the way. <laughs> you know, we can we can ascend to the ideas of devotion and faith and following and all that, but no life change. Yeah, so yeah, household idols. There's a lot there, Michelle. There's a lot. Someone else. Why does this matter? How do we pull it into our world? Anybody else? Someone online, Stephen Lee. I think you know, number four, that uh, Jesus, the Lord is with us. 
we don't know who the Lord is, how do we know He's with us? Yeah. You talked earlier, spoke earlier about getting to know Him. Yes. So that that needs to be a vision of our life. Yes. And he reveals Himself in His Word. He reveals Himself through others. Yes. And, and the, the saddest thing I took away from Job and what God said to uh, Job's buddies at the end. Yeah. And uh, a lot of times when we're going through difficult times. We try to think, well, this is what God's doing. Or we're about, well, this is what God wants you to do. Or God has shown me this. And God said to, to Job's friends, he said, my anger burns against you because you have spoken falsely to me. Yes. So I think it, in, in times when it's diff- we're going through difficulty, don't try to figure out what God's doing. Spend your efforts on getting to know who he is. Yeah, that's that, so good. That will, uh, get us to the place where we know Oh, that's beautiful. So, um, if you want to hear God's voice, you want to hear Him speak, read His Word. Okay. If you if you're a charismatic and you want to hear from Him audibly, uh, read it out loud. <laughs> thank, thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you very much. <laughs> Someone else. Why does this matter? <laughs> yes, Abby. Wow, that is so good. Uh, this is Abby Weaver, and she and Chris and the kids are here this morning, which is a big deal. It means a lot to me. And you know what she did? She listened to her heart, and she spoke truth to us. Abby, thank you. Yeah. So I think, in fact, Abby, that's probably one of Satan's really good strategies is keep us busy. Keep us busy. And, and if we're not physically busy, keep our minds busy, Right? So that we're spending 90 miles an hour in our brains. Can I say something a little embarrassing for all of us? We're so addicted to busyness. You ready? Buckle up, people. We can't imagine going to the bathroom without an iPhone in our hands. <laughs> Ouch. Thank you. Well, you're an Android, but they're strange people. They, they, you know, the whole, yeah. It's like, we got, we got to keep the feed going. We, it's like, you know, direct port cables. We got to have stuff coming in. And we're so busy and then we're mentally exhausted. And when it comes time to reading scripture, like, oh, oh, I don't know. Or prayer. Yeah, that's really good, Abby. Thank you. Busyness is a really, really serious thing. In fact, there's a, a famous sermon out many, many years ago called Tyranny of the Urgent. We let little tiny emergencies rob us of what really matters. The tyranny of the urgence. So, okay, someone else. Yes. Um, I think it's important because like, if God speaks to you, you should listen because it's God speaking to you and God is the only God and he is powerful and strong. Yes, and yes. He's the one that created us. He is God. Yeah. 
That is one of the best sermons I've ever heard in my life. Thank you. And your name is pronounced Eliza. That is a beautiful name. The scriptures teach that there's something about a child who has a pure heart that when they speak, they're getting at the heart of God. And you did that. Thank you. Wow. Wow. I think we've just heard the voice of authority and it's a really good time to pray. (laughs) Yeah, thank you, Eliza. I want to pray. Abba Father, thank you for Eliza and that you used her to get right to the core issue. You want to talk to us. You've always wanted to do that. You've told us to listen And we are responsible to make the choice to listen and to listen and obey, to stand up and go where you've told us to go. Thank you for this. Thank you that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life, and he's the one that helps us. Thank you so much that he bore the weight of the guilt of my sin, our sins, on the cross. So that we are paid for. We're set free because of him. God teach us these things. And if we got little secret, secret household idols. Hidden away in our houses. Hidden away in our hearts and our minds. God would you, would you help us to cleanse our hearts. Cleanse our minds. Cleanse our homes. From the idols that keep us from hearing you and following you. You've made it clear in your word that you will not have any gods before you. God, give us this kind of single focus on you, please. Thank you for faith and hope and love. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you so much, Christ Church. Thank you.